seven strong innings from Evaldi in which he gave up just one run. And he struck out seven. Check swing, strike two. A strike away from a trip to the LCS. McClurk is ready. Here it comes. Strike three. And the Rangers sweep another. They are rolling into the LCS. They beat Baltimore seven to one. That was Carl Ravitch of ESPN with the call as the Texas Rangers, Kevin Barker, <clears throat> make <clears throat> pardon me, make short work of the Baltimore Orioles, just as they made short work of the Tampa Bay Rays. Don't look now, folks, but the AL East, the AL Beast, they've been the AL least in the postseason. Wow, did you write that down, Jeff? I've been saving it up. Yeah? Well, it's not surprising. I I, I mean, I, I know going into this thing, we all thought because of the records and, and you know, the, it's the American League East. didn't surprise me, really. If you look into – I mean, let's face it, Jays couldn't hit – uh, the Rays were not 100% healthy. I mean, if they'd had their guys rotation-wise, I mean, it'd been a little tougher on Texas to get through, just especially because of the lefties and because of the way they could match up and how they couldn't use the arms that they wanted to use. And let's be honest, the dudes that matter for the Orioles are young. I mean, we mentioned this, right? It was who's starting game one and game seven. Uh, and who's going to be the closer? And I think we forgot about the the lineup and and just the experience and the way you see if you watch like the Astros attack their at bats against uh, against veteran pitching, you got to buy into something, right? It's it's if I'm sitting spin, I got to I got to sell out and look spin. It's like that Jose Abreu bat, right? He's sitting spin. You got to sometimes take fastballs down the middle until you get two strikes if you're sitting spin. I'm not sure the Orioles are there yet. I'm not saying they're not a really good team and they're not going to be a pain in the butt for the next five years in the American League East. But you can understand why, if you do a little bit more digging, why it's not the biggest of surprises why the American League East didn't at least win a game or two. I mean, that, that, that part of it might be a little shocking, but. If you look at the totality of just all the three teams, I think because of the the woes that you know were obvious, there's, there's probably a reason why they're not in it now. So the Texas Rangers are through to the LCS. There's three games on top today: uh, Atlanta and Philadelphia. Game three. My goodness, that ballpark in Philly is going to be nuts. Houston and Minnesota. Game four of that series. The Astros. Uh, took the Twins out to the woodshed yesterday in L.A. and Arizona, game three of that series. And uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks positioned to sweep the L.A. Dodgers. And um, I'm not certain, given what we've seen from L.A. so far this year, that that should count as, or I'm sorry, given what we've seen from L.A. so far this postseason, I'm not certain that should be uh, a big surprise either. David Sampson, by the way, host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson, former president of the Florida slash Miami Marlins, will join us uh, in a few minutes. And uh, we'll talk to David about Mark Shapiro's media availability mm-hmm. tomorrow, what we should expect to hear uh, from Mark Shapiro. We'll talk to David about the importance of messaging, of getting on the same page, top to bottom in the front office. And uh, we'll also talk to him about the... Um, the uh, I, I think the misplaced discussion around the playoff uh, format and whether or not division winners have too much time. I mean, to me, it, yeah, you could give the you could give the Dodgers uh, the Dodgers 
just aren't good enough right now. They're hurt. They don't have the pitching. I I think that really the 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 nexus of this whole argument is simply that Atlanta Philadelphia series. And I mean, doesn't matter what you do to the playoff format, you're always going to have a series where uh, one of the underdogs seems to have the more established or the favorite team over the barrel. So I I think it's it's kind of a it's kind of a pointless argument at this time. We'll talk to David about it though, and I'm sure he'll disagree with me. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, Nathan Yavaldi, and in general, the performance we have seen from the Rangers starting pitchers. I mean, you can get by, I think, in a best-of-five series. I just wonder, though, if somehow, if the, if the Rangers do get to the do get to the to the World Series, if they get into a best of seven series, whether or not that starting pitching thinness really manifests itself more. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you really have a, a number three starter. You know, that that's gonna you're gonna have to figure out guys that can give you innings. Uh, you know, Andrew Haney's gonna be a big deal in that. For me, it's the offense, right? If if you look at the three games against the Orioles, they had twenty RBIs, they had seven two strike RBIs, they had eleven two strike hits, they had seven different hitters with an RBI. Mitch Garver and Adoles Garcia basically carried the load, right? And when Simeon and 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 Seager don't always have to be the guys. And you again, how many times we talk about this with the Blue Jays? We we were pointing out certain names. Whenever the yep. Rangers can run out there seven or eight different guys who are driving in runs and and getting big time two out two strike hits to to sort of break the spine of the dude standing on the mound and quite frankly make it impossible for the manager to to try and figure out matchups and you know how managers try and overthink at this time of the year anyway so yeah for me I get it you know maybe this is the one team I guess you could also flip it on the other end and say the Astros is sort of the same way with with the first four guys and if you had if you had uh, Jose Abreu to the mix. You got five dudes in that lineup that, you know, maybe you're thinking that if you got a a two-headed monster, which sort of I think both of those teams have in the Astros and the Rangers, maybe your lineup can carry you. Maybe your lineup can make up for the weaknesses that, you know, your three through – I guess five, I don't even know if they need a fifth starter. They sort of need a, a three and a four guy, but you're probably talking about the long relief dude and the, and the sixth inning guy. And, you know, maybe you're taking away the manager. Dare I say that? Like, this is a thing. I mean, we're, we're seeing it this time of the year where the khakis and the managers just for whatever reason either overthink it or can't get on the same page. So, yeah, I think it for me is it comes down to I'm with you. Pitching and defense always wins, but man, when you're getting 20 RBIs and seven two two strike RBIs and, and 11 uh, two strike hits, like that's a big deal. And then you're getting multiple guys driving in runs, which will tell you that right managers can't go. Okay, I'm gonna bring in a lefty for this dude. Well, this dude's driving in runs too. So uh, there are a handful, both of those teams in the Astros and the, and the Rangers. So the uh, the Rangers know now that they will start the ALCS Sunday, the best of seven ALCS at either Houston or Minnesota. Uh, again, that will start Sunday, October 15th, and uh, we will have all those games on Sportsnet across the Sportsnet family of channels. We'll also be carrying games on Sportsnet 590, the fan as well. Um, the Astros yesterday, Kevin, the scene shifting to Minnesota against Sonny Gray. Contrast for me, if you could, the Astros' approach against Sonny Gray compared to the Blue Jays' approach against Sonny Gray. (laughs) 
in two Look, words I, or less. I, I, I just think, I mean, I don't even know how to answer that. Like, okay, here I'll start with this. Talent-wise, the first five guys in the Astros order, it's not even close to what the Blue Jays have. I'll start there. Like, I, it's not even comparable. Like, I can't the match Jay, Are you going to tell me name. the Jays don't have not a Jordan Alvarez? <laughs> no, they they don't have they don't have a Kyle Tucker. They don't have a uh, an Altuve. They don't have a Bregman. I mean, I guess I guess uh, Bo Bichette would be I guess the Bregman or the Altuve. I mean, is people afraid to pitch to anybody else in the Jays lineup? No, they got five guys now. Again, if Abreu is doing his thing when it comes to run producing, I see you stop rolling your eyes. It's a thing this time of mm-hmm. the year where when you're facing the elite dudes who elite dudes usually don't give up a bunch of homers like Sonny Gray, you got to sell out, man. You got to buy into. Okay, I'm not looking hater. If I if I think I can get a curveball or a slurve in the air to the pull side easier, I got to sit on that thing until I get to two strikes. And if I got to take an 0 one or a one o fastball center cut down the middle, I'm going to have to do it. And when you get it, don't miss. And so, yeah, I think that's the difference. Is it's just. When you're buying into who you are, and the weaknesses are not glaring, Jeff. Um, let's be honest. Like basically, that's it good, was that, hard and soft the way. That's or, a really or good an point. elevated fastball. I mean, a lot of the dudes that matter with the Jays, like you could get out with an elevated fastball. Didn't even have to be 99. It could be 94 if it's a little, you know, somewhere around the the top of the thigh. You got a good chance of getting the Jays out. So yeah, it's not comparable. I mean, the the lineups in, that are in it now. None of them, I guess the Twinkies would be probably maybe the one comparable, I guess, that you could you could compare to the Blue Jays. But other than that, look, these dudes are these dudes understand it. Their weaknesses are smaller, uh, their lineups are longer, uh, they have superstars. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, I, I can't, would you would you argue with me if I said he's the best hitter in baseball? I mean, I mean you I, know what? Be we, tough. You asked me that question the other the other day about. Which hitter would you rather have up with the game on the line when you need a run? Which hitter would it be in baseball? And we were talking about David Just uh, David Justice. We're talking about it. Don't ask me where that came from. We're talking about Aaron Judge, and I mentioned Shohei Otani. But uh, Jordan Alvarez so far in the series has reminded me of, that he would be the dude I'd want up there. Four home runs in a series is remarkable, and it it just it just reinforces, I think for Blue Jays fans between what we've seen from Houston and what we've seen from Texas, I just think it reinforces how much work this organization needs to do in order to build a championship level offense. I I think we really underestimate. I don't, I've said this. I don't think it's a matter of adding one bat. I think it's a matter of adding a couple of bats and overhauling your hitting philosophy because that, to me, is, has been demonstrated in this, in this series. Let's bring in David Sampson, host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson, former president of the Miami-slash-Florida Marlins. David, thanks for joining us on Blair and Barker today. Uh, lots to get to. First thing I wanted to ask you about, though, is, <clears throat> you know, I'm not surprised when the postseason rolls around and they're and they're – a, a debate kind of surfaces around something related to the playoff format because I've come to conclusion you can't make you can't make everybody happy when it comes to playoff ever format. All, you know in anything ever. <clears throat> in anything 
you know, and the talk about possibly needing to reseed and all this. Am I wrong to just – I like it the way it is right now. I, I – you know, do division winners have, have too much time off? I mean, we've always talked about that in baseball, right? Managing your time off, that's part of the deal with baseball. And I think this – I just like the format the way it is. Yeah, there's a lot of easier answers than what people are thinking in terms of conspiracies or not wanting time off. We always want time off. We want to reset our pitching. And you can do workouts in front of fans. You can do anything you want. The bottom line is, if you're Houston and you're hot, you're going to win with time off. If you're the Orioles and you're not, you're going to lose with time off. So it had nothing to do with time off. It has to do with how your team is playing and what happens in a short series. And make no mistake, a seven-game series is just as short as a five-game or a three-game. And by that, I mean when you're not playing well, you're not playing well. Now, of course, with seven games, you have more time to recover. But the Orioles have not been playing well for a while. And the Rangers are really streaky, and they are just on a good streak. So I don't view it as a time-off issue at all. Okay, speaking of streaks, uh, should I take the Diamondbacks uh, serious? So (laughs) it's funny. They're a better team right now than the Dodgers. The Dodgers just have a bigger payroll. But I would rather have Kelly and Gallon than Kershaw and Miller. No question about it. Kershaw's the greatest name, but he's not a number one anymore. And I didn't expect him to give up 20 runs in less than an inning, but he's simply not who he was, and we know that. And his postseason performance has always been less than perfect. And when you look at what the Dodgers have, Betts and Freeman, MVP candidates, no doubt. But the Diamondbacks have a deep lineup, too. You've just never heard of their names. So people in the game, and I think you would agree, the Diamondbacks are just playing better, and I expect them to win this series. I actually picked them to win this series. Yeah, they are, uh, you know, we always have this issue, a lot of us in the media in the East Coast, we just don't, even with, you know, the MLB package, everything we simply, I, I think a lot of times we just simply don't pay attention to um, to, uh, to to some of the, the things we see in the West. Look, there are two guys in that series, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Gabriel Moreno, who Jays fans are watching because, of course, the Jays traded them for Dalton Varsho. Uh, mm-hmm. As an owner or a club president, that do you care when guys you trade away have have a good year? And I mean, your your team's eliminated from the playoffs, and people that are watching the games are watching the dudes you traded away. Do do the front office types even care about that? Of course, we just don't admit it publicly. We say that we never pay attention. When I was president of the team, I would always tell you that I never look back. I only look forward. But I wasn't being honest. Of course I look back, and of course I root against players to play well who I've traded away because I want to make the trades look better. Now, when they're friends and people who I care about, I want them to do well but not too well. And we laugh about it during the offseason when I speak to players who I traded. It didn't. I was happy that Cody Ross won the MVP because I love Cody Ross when he was – we let him go to San Francisco. But, of course, I'm embarrassed that we let him go for a dollar to save the money. So I think that it's, uh, it's overstated when front offices tell you that they never pay attention. That's like players saying they never look at the standings. Of course they do. David, what, what, uh, this impression of Jordan Alvarez, I mean, it's what's he got, four homers in three games. Like It looks like you bring a lefty in, uh, he lays off the breaking ball, gets a fastball down the middle. You throw righties against him. I mean, they're trying to pound him in. They're trying to sort of go soft, hard and soft away. That's not working. I don't want to ask you where he ranks because I'm not sure that's fair. But you had one at bat to give 
one person, would he get it? What do I need? Do I need someone to get on base? Do I need a home run? Is it a bases clearing double? I think it changes depending on the game situation. It also would change on who's pitching. Alvarez is not a secret. He's been on this scent for a while. I mean, think about the Astros. They're a game away from their seventh straight LCS. I mean, we haven't seen this kind of run since the Braves in the 90s when they, I think they went to eight straight uh, for getting the 94 strikes. So you look at how it's happened. We knew Kyle Tucker was going to be a star and going to be great, and now he's great. And this is why Houston has a dynasty because Correa's on the Twins, Springer's on the Jays, and guess what? Garrett Cole's on the Yankees, and they're still winning. And that's what it is to be a great organization is to let players go and, and, and believe in your replacement the way they believed in Pena at shortstop. David, you've, uh, you've had success with teams that are really young. You've had success with teams that have a, a nice blend of veteran and youth. When you see the Baltimore Orioles, I don't, think any, I don't think any of us necessarily expected them to win as many games as they won. But when you see them have a regular season like they have and then go into the playoffs, and, and I mean, clearly they, they didn't have the pitching to match up. Uh, I shouldn't say the pitching to match up with Texas because Texas is pitching, uh, I think, caught a lot of us off guard. But they, it, it was apparent that a lot of the weaknesses that we thought we saw down the stretch with Baltimore manifested themselves in the postseason. And, and how much of that really was inexperience? You know, is that... It, it's a great it, question, it, it, Jeff. Is experience that, can experience make that much difference in a series when you've got young guys who are uber-talented? Uh, it can, but not when you're facing the Texas Rangers who are clubbing you into submission. There's absolutely nothing you can do with a lineup like that that had five starters at the All-Star game that's on one of their good streaks. You hope that you hit them on one of their bad streaks. But the way their hitting goes, it's just contagious up and down the lineup. And when you see from the bottom, you're getting home runs. And from the top, you're getting Simeon and Seager. You can't get through it without one of them hurting you. Seager's on base seemingly every time, whether it's a walk or a hit. There's nothing the Orioles could do. If I'm looking at what I'm doing with that team next year, I'm looking at the AL East, and I'm, I'm going to keep going right now. So I want to sign I want to sign a pitcher and a hitter, but I really want veteran. I want someone like, and this sounds crazy because Correa's already signed, but the example of a Correa is someone who's won and someone who wants to win again, not someone who's happy, not someone who's riding out the end of his career, not someone who's looking for one more paycheck. I want someone who wants to come in and actually win a ring with this group of young players and loves working with young players. That's the type of player, and that's who I'd be trying to identify if I'm Mark Elias. And those are very hard and rare to find. Uh, moving on to the Blue Jays, Mark Shapiro will do a media availability tomorrow. Uh, Ross Atkins did his on Saturday. Of course, we all know how, how that goes. Sees- <laughs> uh, yeah. We don't know. We're still trying to figure out what happened exactly. Um, you know, Your it- first question to Mark better be, and it should be, not better be. I would love it to be. Whether or not there was any sort of rehearsal or Q&As that were gone over with Ross about the pitching change. Because it certainly didn't seem like there was any preparation. And heaven forbid there was preparation. And that's actually what Mark wanted Ross to say. Well, that's, that's what I was, was going to get to here. This, is, this news conference is going to be four or five days after, after Ross's news conference. 
Now, we had a situation here with the Leafs where Kyle Dubas did a media availability before Brendan Shanahan. Brendan Shanahan uh, didn't want that to happen. And, I mean, of course, we all know how that turned out. Kyle Dubas is now in is now the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But is there any way, is there any way on earth that um, that Ross goes to that news conference without Mark knowing what he's going to say? Like it, to me, that's that's inconceivable, David. Uh, you better hope not, because then Mark's not doing his job right. And I know Mark, and he does his job right. You know exactly when anybody, I was the president of the team, there's not one person who ever took the microphone other than players who I can't control but I would talk to, but not one employee ever took the microphone without me knowing what they were going to say when asked a question that was going to be obviously asked. And when Ross sits down at his press conference, you bet you're bippy that the first thing was about Berrios being taken out. So, of course, you've got to have that workshop and answered cleanly and correctly and if they landed on singling out John Schneider as a way to separate him and make it seem like they're not involved and it's all the manager, that is the wrong approach because, A, it's a lie, downright lie, and, B, it doesn't make your manager feel too good, and that's not the way to go into an off season. So either okay. way, it was oh, a terrible answer. Yeah, I, 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 that's a great – uh, segue into what I was going to ask. I, I, I just don't know how John and Ross can be together now and come up with game plans and John not think, okay, we have a game plan, but if this thing goes wrong, I basically know what you're going to do. You're going to point the finger. I don't know how this is going to work, David. Like, how would it work? Well, I, I work for someone, and many people work for a boss, where when things go well, the boss gets the credit. When things go badly, you take the blame. So I'm not sure that that's as rare as you're saying in terms of when people work for somebody, they know that they're giving up credit mostly. So I, I think that's okay. I don't like the way in which it was done, though, because it was just disingenuous. There was no reason for Ross to say anything other than, hey, of course we talk about everything and, of course, this move didn't work, but we all thought it would work, and I fully support my manager. And that's what I want the public to always hear. I don't want them to know when there's internal fighting. Even if there is an internal battle, I always want to keep it out of the press. David, it sure seemed like the players were buying into what John was selling. I think we saw Jose Barrios might have been between innings come over and hug John. And I, yeah, I, you couldn't really read his lips, but you could sort of know what he was saying that, you know, I, I get it. I, I know why you did that. Now that they've heard basically Ross come out and say, whatever John was telling you, at least this is what I'm, I under, this is the understanding the, by the way that I've listened to Ross is whatever he's telling you, I had nothing to do with this. Like this is what, whatever they're game planning, I, I wasn't a part of that. How do players buy into this? How do players overlook it? And how does the front office get the players that matter? It's not the young guys, as you well know. It's not the 23rd guy or the Barkers of the world. Nobody cares about those dudes. It's the starting rotation. It's the shortstop. It's the first baseman. It's probably the right fielder. How does the front office get those dudes you know, back engaged and say, believe in us, we're selling it the right way? You know, it's funny. I think the players, what they did when they watched that is they just rolled their eyes because players know what's going on. As much as we don't want to give credit thinking that players are not paying attention or they're staying in their lane or they're keeping their heads down in the clubhouse, there's not much that goes on on a team where the players don't gossip about it, talk about it, think about it. 
And so there's no way that Ross thought for a minute that the players were going to hear what he said and say, oh, yeah, that was just John. They're not going to fall for that. And so I don't think that it actually impacts the players. They're in their off season. They're not really focused on it. They're not paying much attention anymore. And they're just thinking about their own contracts, if they're arbitration eligible, or getting a long-term deal if they don't have one, or if they're free agents figuring out with their agent where they're going to get their next paycheck. I think they're, they get over it way faster than you think. Why is it so important? This is going to sound very simplistic, but why is it so important that organizations have a consistent message from the top to the bottom? Because I've had a lot of people say to me, you know, people in the media, they want honesty, they want this, they want that. And then whenever an organization does try to take an approach top to bottom, people go, well, that's just spin. Like, why is it important for an organization, David, to do that, to make sure that this person is saying the right thing, this person is saying the right thing, and this person is saying the right thing, or at least they're all isn't aligned? It, isn't it the same thing as couples who don't fight in public and put out a good face? But <laughs> yeah. when they're private, they're fighting all the time. And you think, wow, they've got the best marriage. And, in fact, they don't. Yeah, I think that people always want to give out the impression that, hey, everything's fine. I'm not nervous. I'm not worried. Everything's great. We all get along. I think that we all want that because we all envision that everybody else has it, when in fact everybody else has the same issues we do. And so everybody's clubhouse has clubhouse lawyers and clubhouse politicians and clubhouse turds, and there's always tension with the front office and the manager and the manager and the coaches. It's just part of being together, part of being in a company. It's like saying at your station that everybody always gets along perfectly. Of course they don't, but you never want to let your competitor think that two talents are fighting or the talents are fighting with the GM because you don't ever want to show weakness. I think that's really what it's more about is everyone afraid to show weakness and vulnerability for fear that it will be taken advantage of. And so that's why I always wanted the same message is I didn't want anyone to think there was any dysfunction, even though everyone knew there was. David, really good of you to join us today. As always, yep. thanks so much, man. Be well. Hey, thanks, have a man. great day. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. David Sampson, host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson, former president of the Miami Marlins. Um, and that that's, of course, Mark Shapiro's media availability will be tomorrow. Uh, we'll be carrying it live on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Uh, Blair and Barker will be on at 1030 on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, leading into the leading into the uh, telecast of Mark's news conference. And, of course, we will be around to uh, break it down at the end. And, um, yeah, safe to say, Kevin, that, uh, that, that some, some work needs to be done here, some, some repair work needs to be done here. Yeah, I'm just surprised that, that that would be what they would come up with to say, tell Ross to go out and basically back the Greyhound over John. Like, how would that make any sense whatsoever? Like, yeah, yeah we, we all feel confident that this is the way to go. Like, I, I, I really find that hard to believe. Like, I, I, I guess David would know. He's been in the room before. I'm sure the boss of bosses want to know exactly what everybody underneath him is going to go out and say, especially how it would make him and his organization look. But seriously, Jeff, like, that's what you came up with is point the finger at him. I had nothing to do with it. Like, I just, I still don't, I just don't understand. Like, I'm very confused. I To say that they need to have a lot of, you know, you got to look yourself in the mirror. Is just I. What's going on, Jeff? Well, I mean, I, I've I've kind of thought about this a little bit more, and and you know what? Actually, why don't we uh, why don't we take a break and come back on the other side? Because I've I've 
done a little bit of digging and um I got some thoughts about this. We'll we'll talk about it on the other side. We'll take a break and come back with more. It's uh, Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, a reminder that we will be live on Sportsnet 590 Defense on Thursday starting at uh, 10.30, the special edition of Blair and Barker's and get you set for Mark Shapiro's media availability, which is scheduled for 11 a.m. And uh, suffice to say that I can't remember the last time a uh, president of the Blue Jays, um, president and CEO of the Blue Jays, had a news conference where as much work needed to be done uh, as 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 this one. There'll be there'll be an awful lot of people um, listening to this, following it. A lot of ticket holders. Um, one of the things that happens when your fan base becomes reattached to a team, which we saw in 2015 and 2016, is that not only do people follow your team for the excitement and the drama? But once they have a lot invested in the team, the negatives surrounding the team become even more discussed, carry a heavier weight. I mean, quite simply, the reaction we saw on social media, and not just social media, the reaction in general, mainstream media, the reaction we saw to, to Ross Atkins' news conference, to me, is a reflection of how much people are invested in this team. And um, suffice to say, Kevin, this, uh, this Mark Shapiro's news conference, is, uh, it's, it's very important. It's not just end-of-season, it's not just end-of-season boilerplate. And making some calls yesterday, and you know, now it's back from Thanksgiving and poking around a bit, uh, part, of me doesn't, part of me wonders if maybe one of the things we're seeing here, Kevin, is I mean, this is an organization that has uh, convinced ownership to spend a lot of money in what what I call research and development, R&D, um, you know, the training facility, uh, analytics. We know this is an organization that, that um, you know, have, relies heavily on analytics and that. And I think if you're Mark Shapiro, if you're folks running the baseball operations aspect of this team – the last thing you want after ownership has just ponied up $230 million for a payroll and seen it be eliminated in the first round, uh, seen a team with the number of flaws, number of apparent flaws that this team had. I think the last thing you want is ownership to start questioning, why are we spending all this money on all this stuff? Yeah, it seems not to be working, right? That's Right. Yeah, and obvious. yeah, and and the measure of whether or not it's working is not just going to the playoffs anymore. And the fact of the matter is that this team lost, this team won fewer games than it did last year. This was not a step forward by any stretch of the imagination. This this season was not a step forward. It was a step back. If anything, it was a step back. Um, and I, I think it's right that um, folks start ask you know folks ask Mark Shapiro. 
some questions. I, I, I think it's absolutely right. That's where we are with this team. And knowing Mark as I do, um, quite frankly, I'm sure Mark's prepared for it. I, I, none of this stuff, I don't think, you know, the reaction to things. Mark's a smart enough guy. Mark spends a lot of time in this city. You know, Mark lives here year-round. He's, you know, it's not like some other, you know, GMs and, and, and people we've had when the baseball season is over. They go back to the States. Mark spends a lot of time in the city. He's well aware of what the feedback is. He's well aware of what the, uh, 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 of what the public sentiment is. He's well aware, I'm sure, of what ownership wants and what ownership expects. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I keep, I, I know I get a lot of credit or I get a lot of criticism for carrying water for Mark Shapiro. I'm just like David Sampson, though. He's a really bright guy. He's been around a lot of things. He's had to play the political game, and he's played the political game very well. So that does give me some sense of comfort going into this news conference. Yeah, I just don't see how the two parties, that would mean that the the manager and the GM, after the GM busts through the manager, how those two can can exist together and – send a message to the people that matter on that team and that 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 part of the team actually buy into what you're selling seems to be a thing that that matters in 2023 and going forward when i played not as much you did what your boss told you to do whether you liked it or not you were happy to be a big leaguer it's changed now you got to talk these dudes into it you know so i that part of it i just don't understand because i know and you know, if it was us and we were thrown under the bus, we wouldn't like it either. We'd have we'd no. have we'd have to have conversations, and you know, how's this going to change if it happens again? And I'm you know just the messenger a lot of the times. Well, I'd be thrown under the bus for it. I need to know this going forward. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of conversations that need to be had, and and I just wonder if it would be easier for Mark to to you know cut cut the cord with one of them. Move on, and, and so you don't just don't have to answer the question, right? It's that Gibby thing. Hey, Gibby, why'd you do that? Well, well, Bart, I did it, so I didn't have to answer the question. Maybe maybe it's it's coming to that to where when it gets this much conversation outside of where it matters, which is Canada and Toronto and everybody that's following the Blue Jays, and now it's in the U.S. and, and people just don't, scratching their head on how the hell that's possible. Maybe this would just be easier. So it'd be, it'd be intriguing to see how Mark handles it. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, it's it's intriguing that um, uh, it's it it's intriguing that we haven't heard from John. I mean, Ross essentially invited everybody to talk to John. Obviously, John didn't tell him to do that, or John would have been talking already. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. That that yeah. there's another aspect of this. If they're all, if this is the way it's going to be, why wouldn't John be talking right now? There you like, go. Why wouldn't he have done it? If, 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 if the general manager says, look, if you don't believe me, call the manager and see what he says. Now, it's entirely possible that people, I'm sure people have called John. And, and if I'm John in John's situation right now, I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm not saying anything till I hear what Mark has to say. I, 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 I'm just not. And even then, I've really got to play my, I've got to play my, my, you I've can't play benefit my cards right by coming out and and saying whatever you need to say. Uh, so, sometimes you just gotta, you know, if you're lucky enough to to have your job going forward, you maybe you wear it, you move on, and hopefully you can mend the fences behind the scenes and close doors to your team that you have to mend fences with. Uh, 
Yeah, and that's where we are again, 11 a.m., Mark Shapiro's media availability tomorrow. And uh, we will be on before the media availability. We will be on after it to uh, break it down. And, um, of course, you can follow social media to find out uh, the scheduling impact it would have on uh, on on other shows on Sportsnet 590. Mm-hmm. The Fan, again, we are here daily from 11 to noon Eastern through the end of the World Series. And then we'll be doing our weekly podcast right up to spring training. And we'll be, uh, whenever the powers that be need us to come in and straighten out the Blue Jays, we'll be called into the office. And <laughs> Kevin will come in carrying his bat and... We'll get it down and get it singing and getting things all straightened out. Let's go back to the the on the field, Kevin. Land in Philadelphia, play game three today in Philadelphia. That place is going to be rocking. Houston and Minnesota, game four. Uh, L.A. and Arizona, game three tonight. The Texas Rangers have already punched their ticket. Uh, Atlanta and Philadelphia have, through two games now, have you seen anything from either team that has surprised you for me at least in some ways it's the Braves starting pitching I didn't realize it had deteriorated as much as it had I didn't realize Kevin how much of a gap there would be between the Braves starters and the Philly starters in this series do you are do you feel the same way about that yeah, maybe a little. I mean, Max Freed, the the blister. I mean, that that's an issue, right, with the breaking ball and and how much he has to use the tip of his finger, which is or the inside part of his finger, which is a big deal. That's where the blister's at. Yeah, I mean, Ronald Acuna Jr. for me doesn't have a hit in the couple of games. That's a big deal. It seems like when he goes, the just the Braves seem to go because he's creating havoc. He's running all over the bases, right? He gets a single. He's standing on third like four pitches later. He hasn't gotten a hit. So I think that needs to change. Uh, I, I think sometimes we make too much out of going to Philadelphia and playing, right? I mean, I played enough winter ball games and enough noise and enough batteries being thrown and and bottle tops that, yeah, it's not that big a deal, right? It's more about the because of the, the Braves have been there and done it before and, and they have enough experience and, you know, their lineup is not going to be – you know, thrown off just because people are yelling and screaming at him. So, yeah, I th- look, I, I think this is what we wanted. We wanted the Braves and the Phillies matching up. I wouldn't be surprised if either team won. I'm not surprised yeah. if the if the Phillies were to beat the Braves or the Braves to beat the Phillies. I will be surprised if it don't go five games. I, I think that for me is they're going to split in Philly or go back to Atlanta. I, I do, uh, you know think that's what's going to happen just because of what you mentioned the Braves pitching and and the Braves offense hasn't woke up yet and you know it's about sequencing and reading bats and be better at that and try if you're the managers you know it's sometimes Rob Thompson I think is a little needs to take a step back he's a veteran guy he's been around a bazillion years he understands all these things he knows his team better than we do but it's this time of the year right it's it's can you and and sometimes when you got two elite pitchers like he does, it makes it a little easier for mm-hmm. him to get out of the way. But I do think if the managers can sort of kind of try and stay out of the way, and you know the the better players on each team sort of do their thing, this will go five baseball get what they want and whoever wins wins. I I still do think the Braves are the better team just because of their offense. But man, you can't argue when when you say clutch and gamers, I would think the lineup for the Philadelphia Phillies would be the first lineup you think of. At least it oh. would be for me, just yeah. because of the way they do things and, and you know, just 
every single guy is like almost you want them up there. I mean, that's just it's pretty cool to actually see a team that sort of embraces that and has to do it, quite frankly, of where their home games are, which is not the easiest place to do it in. No, and it is interesting when you look back to last year, uh, same situation. The teams were tied 1-1 heading into game three of the NLDS. If you think back, the Braves had just beaten Zach Wheeler, a late-inning win over Zach Wheeler, uh, to tie the series going back to Philadelphia. Aaron Nola, last year, as is the case today, got the start for the Phillies. Aaron Nola, lights out. Six inning, no earned runs from Aaron Nola. The Phillies went on to win game 3-9-1. And whatever momentum the Braves had from their win in game two was completely snapped. And, and maybe more than anything else, Kevin, that series last year just reminded me that when you talk about momentum in baseball, momentum yeah. is the next day's starting pitcher. It doesn't matter what you did in the ninth inning of the last game or the eighth inning of the last game. If the guy on the other team comes out and shoves, there's your momentum gone. And uh, and this is, you know, for Aaron Nola, this is a guy going into a free agent year. He's had a so-so regular season. And if he puts through a performance today, and if the Phillies eventually go on to whether or not they win the World Series, you know, I think Aaron Nola is putting together enough of a, 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 a body of work that he's really going to be sought after this year by a yeah. lot of teams. Because he does he strike look- me that, he, he you know, this is a big game dude we're talking about. He'd look good as an Oriole, is what you're saying. Oh, could you imagine Aaron Nola on that team? Yeah, Sunny Gray too, right? Sunny Gray'd look good as an Oriole too, with the you know with the taco meat hanging out, no undershirt. It's kind of cool, <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, look, I, I think if you're Nola, you're sitting over there. Even if you're at a, you've had a down season, you're looking at how your buddies have thrown a bunch of fastballs to the Braves hitters. I would think that's where you start, right? He's got a couple of uh, really good heaters. One's moving one way, another one's straighter that he tries to to locate. He's got a good a good breaking ball, right? He's got a little attitude. He's trying to do this at home. It's the it's the it is the rhythm and timing thing is a big deal. How do the Braves, because they hit a lot of homers, right? A lot, a yep. lot of home run hitters have longer swings. They're trying to catch things out front. They're, they're sort of trying to wind up to get in an athletic position. When you do that, you're a little longer, and good pitchers can throw you fastballs, especially nowadays when heart rate goes up, you know, the velocities go up a tick, and, you know, you're not so much locating that as you are, you know, you 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 aim big, you miss big. Right now, the Phillies pitchers are doing that to the Braves lineup. Can the Braves lineup make an adjustment and get the foot down a little sooner? And, you know, we saw Austin Riley doing that. He looked like he was cheating. And then Hoffman throws him a, a slider, which nobody can hit his slider all year. But the fact was, right, you weren't reading bats well enough to see that he's cheating. Why throw it to him if you don't have to throw it to him? And that's sort of the cat and mouse thing. If you do it, you better make sure it's a good pitch. If you don't, a really good hitter is going to make you pay for it. This is why we're yelling and screaming. This is why, for me, I hope it's the Astros and the Rangers. That's the best two offenses in the American League. I want it. I want to see it. I want to see those two teams going head-to-head and see what the outcome is. So, yeah, right now baseball's hit a home run, which is the mm-hmm. timing of the games. The, mm-hmm. the It's okay to have four games in one day. You know, them things are not over at 3.30 in the morning. They're over at 10.30. That's I kind of like that. That's pretty cool. That No, that, listen, that, that that's a great point, and, um, and it was something – I 
think it was Adam Wainwright uh, uh, doing analysis on the the uh, the game yesterday made a point about the pace of play, and yeah, it, it's. I think it's a reminder of how important the pace of play rules have been. The fact that baseball can put on three games in one day, and nobody like at the end of the, at the end of the day, people don't seem spent. It's it's not like you, you know you spend a lot of time watching baseball, but it just feels different. It it feels as if the games have really gone faster. To me, it feels as if there's been more action, even in games that are lopsided. It just seems as if. There's more action. Uh, shifting focus very quickly. We just have a couple of minutes here. Uh, the Minnesota Twins, the Houston Astros today. Uh, the Astros not going with Justin Verlander in short rest, which isn't a surprise. That would have made no sense to me when you have a 2-1 lead. They will go with Jose Urquidy. J.P. France will be ready. The rest of the Astros' bullpen will be ready. Kevin, this gets back to Dusty, right? This gets back mm-hmm. to Dusty and the whole... Dusty's going to have to manage the bullpen today, right? Probably. I mean, maybe Jose Arquiti comes out and 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 shoves, and then it's it, you know it it, yeah. it it doesn't matter. Um, but I like. See, that doesn't bother me as much this year as it might have bothered me last year because I think Dusty won, knows he what he's got series. now, right? That's why I think yeah. that's well, why. yeah. But he yeah, knows I what he's got helps. in that bullpen too, because a lot of those dudes were there last year. Yeah, I guess sometimes he overthinks it, right? So you know, some I, I do think the Jose Abreu, if he is what they paid for coming down here in the stretch, I think that will help because they'll score more runs. And you know, you can't pitch around a Tucker to get to an Abreu. Doesn't make sense now, right? And it makes their lineup longer because they can go the righty lefty righty lefty thing. And and you know, the righties and the lefties are elite offensive players, so I do think that helps Dusty because they're scoring runs and every single move that he would go to, you know, doesn't feel like it's going to eliminate his team for the mm. season. Mm-hmm. So I do think that's going to help a lot. But, yeah, look, I think you are sometimes what you are. That's not Dusty's strength is that part of it. it. It is just that for me is he goes on gut. He goes on feel. I mean, I've talked to him. You know, my wife's talked to him a ton about that. It's it's a thing, right? And it's a it's a thing that he overthinks a lot because, you know, Zen like when he's sitting in his in his office, he's thinking about, you know, what do I do if this guy can only give me seventy pitches through three and a third? Who am I going to? And then it starts churning and where you're at in the order and the lineup you're facing. So yeah, I think I think the, the lineup and a Brayu will be a giant help. But for just me being a a baseball fan, I want it to be the Astros and the Rangers. Yeah. I just do. It's like the Phillies and the Braves. I do now. I, I do now. For that. Yes. Now I want that in the American League. Yeah, I kind of wanted the Orioles just because I like the story so much. Uh, and I, I enjoy watching the Orioles play. Uh, I, I, just, I just think they're, they're young players. They're, they're so much fun to watch. But, yeah, after watching Texas and after watching Nathan Yavaldi, I, I give the I give the Rangers more of a chance than I thought going into the postseason. Like, again, I don't know if you can just get by with Yavaldi and Montgomery. I don't know if that's going to be enough. But, man, that offense, it might be enough. It might be enough to get them through to uh, to the 
to the next yeah. round, and and I'm with you. I just think Houston and Houston and Texas will be be such. What have we talked about about what is exciting baseball? Exciting baseball is men on base. It's lots of hits. It's the ball bouncing around the field. But you also like to have dudes who are capable of making electric defensive plays, and that's I think maybe that's the thing that I really like about the Astros, Kevin, is they've got a lot of offense. But then they flash some leather, right? Jeremy Payne, you flash us some leather, and you go, this is just yeah. such a fun team to watch. You could and have four or five. I think Texas is like five, that, too. Yeah, you could have four or five future Hall of Famers in that, in that series, which would oh, be no question. Per, pretty cool to talk about, right, on, the, uh, on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to, to watch that. I, you just can nev- never get enough. And you made a great point about the lineup, how far away the Blue Jays lineup is. When yeah. you see the Rangers and the Astros, the length of the balance, right? The lefties and the righties that they have compared to the lefties and the righties that the Jays have, it's not comparable. It's not even on the same page. Which, no. if you're Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro, and the coaching staff for the Blue Jays, that's a scary thought. Like, it's a scary thought. That you have that much to make up for, even if you do make the playoffs next year. So, that's a lot to look forward to tomorrow. Absolutely. Oh, I think that I think that's a hint. <laughs> I could be wrong. I think that's a hint. Uh, that is it for us today. Again, if you're listening to us via podcast, please rate and review our podcast. Is up very quickly after the show. Again, we'll be on the air tomorrow at 10.30. We'll get you set for Mark Shapiro's news conference. We'll break it down afterwards. In the meantime, you got three baseball games today. Enjoy the baseball, and we'll chat tomorrow.